0: You know, salary.com conducted a survey in 2010 to attempt to place a monetary value on the work of a stay-at-home mom. They determined that if mothers were to be paid for their 10 most common tasks in the home, laundry machine operator, janitor, van driver, computer operator, housekeeper, daycare centre teacher, cook, chief executive officer, psychologist and facilities manager. They will be paid US dollars, $118,000 a year. Now the largest piece of that pie came from overtime pay because they saw that a mother's work is never done. Someone said, a mother carries her child in her womb for nine months, but she carries the child in her heart forever. Another said, mothers don't sleep. They just worry with their eyes closed. (laughs) So thank you to all the moms for the steadfast love and sacrificial labor that you have so unselfishly and unceasingly given. When I told my wife about moms don't sleep, they just worry with their eyes closed, she gently objected and said that moms, they do sleep and they rest in God. May all the moms say, amen. Amen. When kids go through storms in life, your restedness in God, your prayers, words of love, hugs of love and wisdom, help them to overcome challenges, and also help them to impact their world for God. Today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, I want to talk about building faith at home. And I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9 for you. From verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Shall we all just pray before we dive into the word. God, today as we hear your word, help us to understand your heart for the family. Give us insights on how to build faith at home. And as parents, we pray that we will be sensitive to your promptings on what we can do to help our children know you personally. I also pray for parents and children who may feel that they are living in a less than ideal family situation. Where there are disappointments, discouragement, or even a sense of defeat. God, today, let your word encourage us. Turn our eyes to you and know that in you, there is healing and restoration. In ways that we may not fully comprehend, We stand on your promise that you will work all things together for our good. I commit the rest of the time to you. May everything that will be said here point us to the almighty and all-loving Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray. May all of God's people say, Amen. I believe the most important role in parenting is to reveal who God is to our children so that they will know him personally and make him known to their world. Therefore, the starting point in building faith at home is to reveal God. The words of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4-6 to 6 says, Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We should love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our soul and with all our strength. And these commandments that god has given to us we are to have them on our hearts these words remind us of the first of the 10 commandments you shall have no other gods before me given in exodus chapter 20. it is however very important for us to see what underpins this first command and we read in exodus Chapter 20 verse one to two. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. The command to have only one God and shun all forms of idolatry and walk in his ways is anchored on who God is and what he has done for us. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20 to 23, we read, In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell them we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised an oath to our ancestors. These words in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20 to 23 remind us that in teaching our children what God wants us to do, the essential thing is to reveal to them who God is and what he has done for us. I can imagine a Jewish parent telling the children, we were once slaves in Egypt. We own nothing, we had nothing. We have no future that we can give to our children. But one day, God with a mighty hand delivered us out of slavery and brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey and gave us homes that we can call our own. God is a God who loves us and that's why we walk in his ways. My parents were divorced when I was still very young in primary school. My mom would tell me that if anyone was to ask me where my dad is, I should reply and say that my father is on a long business trip away from home. And you know that after a while, your friends will begin to doubt whether you are telling the truth. There were a lot of questions and confusion and feeling in me as a small boy, but I couldn't process it with anyone, so you can imagine the struggles that I had. Now, because I was told to hide the truth, I felt the shame. And that was the heaviest burden I carried with me from primary school to my late teen years. One night, as I was walking home with a church friend, she asked me, yep, where is your dad? And at that moment, I felt the Lord spoke to me. And he said, son, it's okay to tell the truth. And so I said to her, my parents were divorced when I was very young. And at that very moment, the burden that I carried for so long fell off my shoulders and they just disappeared. When I teach my children to walk in God's ways, and when they ask why, I will explain to them, that's parents were divorced when he was very young and he carried a lot of pain and shame. But one day, God with a mighty hand set me free from those pain and shame and gave me a life that I want to live and enable me to be the father I ought to be for you. God is a God who loves me and that's why I love him and I walk in His ways. Every mom and dad has a testimony of God encounter. Tell our children our story, and let the revelation of who God is be their inspiration to love Him, to follow Him, and to serve Him. Another important reason why we should love God with all our hearts is so that it moves the center of parenting away from us and puts God in the center, be the center of our parenting so that we can raise our child up in the way that God wants them to go so that our children can grow up to be all that God wants them to be, not all that I want them to be. To disciple our children, First, in our own walk with God, we aim to reveal God to them. And the other thing we want to do is to relate God's word to their everyday life. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, we read, Impress them, the word of God, the commands of God on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. From this verse, we first need to recognize, which I think is clear to all of us, God wants us as parents to teach His Word to our children. Last year, when we were gradually coming out of lockdown, and CGs were beginning to gather in person again. I attended a CG meeting, and as we were discussing some challenges surrounding children going to church, a thought came to my mind, and I shared with the parents Why don't your homes be the church, and you, as parents, be the pastor? May all of parents say, Amen. Okay, good. (laughs) I was a youth pastor. I was and still am passionate for youth. But no matter how much I loved youth, the day came when I was a youth pastor no more. Kids Church pastors will come and go. Youth pastors will come and go. In fact, as your child transit from one age group ministry to another, they probably will experience a change of pastors but through every season through every transition you will always be the parent of your child parents are the primary disciples of their children although the outworking of it will evolve as the children become adults now we come to the task of teaching the word of God to our children. And it is not supposed to be daunting. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 paints us the picture that teaching God's word to our children is interwoven into the natural rhythm of life that enables our children also to understand the Bible in a meaningful and deeper way because they can relate it uh, to what they encounter daily. When you walk along the road could mean when you are fetching your kid from school. And what does your kid tell you? He or she may tell you about the new relief teacher or the annoying boy that keeps frustrating her. And then you can talk about God's words, uh, what God's word says about relating to others. When you lie down, and that can be before your child sleeps, And this is something I learned from Dr. Kelvin and Dr. Agner. Some years ago, they conducted our parenting course when we were in Kennedy Baptist College. And they taught me that before your child goes to sleep, ask them about their highs and their lows of the day. And then chat about them uh, around the Word of God. And then pray a blessing over them. When you sit could mean having dinner together. Dr. Blake Bowden at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital studied 527 teenagers to learn about the impact of family lifestyle on them. What they found is that adolescents whose parents ate dinner with them five times per week or more were least likely to be in trouble with the law they were more likely to do well in school and be surrounded by supportive friends. By contrast, the more poorly adjusted teens ate with their parents only three evenings per week or less. What the findings showed is that adolescents do better in life when their parents are involved with them, have time for them, and get together almost every day for conversation and interaction. There are many biblical lessons you can talk about around the dinner table. For example, with different kids being responsible for different tasks from preparing to cooking to washing, we can appreciate what each other is doing and talk about using different gifts to serve one another, to work together. Another topic could be unity. Take communion and talk about being united as one family because we eat from one bread and drink from one cup. And I find that the dinner table is a great place for us to gel our children, our family together. One of the most important effects of consistently having conversations is that it sets the stage For deeper conversations when he arises. Steve was a little boy who attended church faithfully. But one day, he was very disturbed by the picture of starving children he saw in a magazine. So one weekend, he brought the magazine to church and after service, he walked to the pastor and asked the pastor, does God know everything? So the pastor said, Yes, he certainly does. And then Steve showed the pastor the picture and asked the pastor, Does God know what will happen to these children? And the pastor answered him, I know it's difficult for you to understand, but he certainly does. And that's it. Steve walked away from the pastor, he walked away from the church. The answer didn't engage with what he was really feeling deep down in his heart and he never returned to church again. Steve grew up to give us the iPods, the iPads and the iPhones and we can only imagine what the world would be like if Steve Jobs had the opportunity to talk to someone, to chat with someone, to converse with someone deeper about what he was feeling. Someday, your child may have to grapple or be confronted with a theological issue. He may have to struggle or manage something that a teacher has said, a friend has said, or even a church leader has said. And then he may have a career decision that he has to make are so important to all of us as parents, a boyfriend or a girlfriend matter, right? And as parents, our hope is that they can speak to us freely about what's on their mind and have a meaningful conversation around the Word of God. If that is what we want, then we need to invest time to have chats interwoven into their daily routine because... It makes conversations feel natural and feel safe. Because of how important conversations are, the Kids Church has produced a series of video called Walk With God Wednesdays. It is a devotional video that is designed to help parents to do devotions together with their children, but not only to teach biblical principles, also to have a chat with them. So this video is has three segments. The first is Got It. That's where uh, the video presents a biblical principle. The second segment is Let's Chat. And that's when it facilitates you as parents to have a conversation with the children. And then it ends with God bless. It is a time when you are led to pray a prayer of blessing to your kids because we believe in the power of speaking words of life into our children. So I'm just going to turn your eyes to the screen and just show you a highlight reel of Walk With God Wednesday. Hey, guys. Hey Hey, kids. And welcome back to Walk With God Wednesdays.
1: All right, hit pause on the count of three. One, two, three.
0: 16 is that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 18. And that's all we have for you today. Don't forget to pray that God bless coming up on your screen right after this. And we'll see you next week. Because of time, we can't put on a longer, you know, reel. But I just want to take this opportunity to thank Nicle and Jeanette and the Kids Church for doing such a wonderful job to It's help parents to do what they need to do. So check it out. They have a library, a host of what we've got Wednesday videos that you can use. Now at this point, there may be some of you who feel that we lack the competence. And therefore, also we feel a lack of confidence to teach the word of God to our children and we wonder whether we will be holding back their spiritual growth. I want to tell you a story that I hope can encourage you. Benjamin West was a famous and great painter in his time. When he was young, one day, he decided to draw a picture of his sister. So he took out all the ink bottles and started to draw. But what he succeeded was in creating a big mess. And then the mother walked into the room, saw the picture, and said to him, what a great picture, and gave him a kiss. Later in life, Benjamin West would say, that kiss made me a painter. Now, we may not know how to explain a biblical passage eloquently, but when a child is feeling down, we can take her for a walk in the park, and tell her, God is a shepherd who takes us for walks. When a child has done something that he shouldn't, you can hug him and say, God forgives. He has forgiven me when I've done something wrong. He has forgiven you and I forgive you. You see, in verse 8, it says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. That's referring to the Word of God. It is a metaphorical picture of doing and remembering God's Word. Relating God's Word to our children's everyday life is, is not just a matter of oral articulation. One of the most powerful ways we can teach them is to live out the Word of God. Because many lessons in life are more caught than taught. Your prayerfulness in all things. Your hospitality and generosity towards others. How you are reaching out to the lost. Your words of encouragement to those who are downcast. Your gracious and forgiving spirit. How you live out the word of God shows your children how they are to interact with the world. Now that brings me to the last point. Building faith at home is also about being a testimony and a witness to our world. In discipling our children, we want to release them to point their world to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Write them the word of God on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The first door sign I ever bought looked like this. (laughs) Warning, beware of the dog. Not responsible for injury or death. So let me explain. About 20 years ago, my house was broken into. So as you can imagine, that was quite a traumatic experience for the entire family. So I bought a door sign that reads like this. Now, when you see this sign, does it communicate something to you? I hope it does, okay. (laughs) But if you go to Kenny and Josephine's house, they are the leaders of our family life ministry, this is what you'll see. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Now, how does that make you feel? Good, right? When you put the two signs side by side, (laughs) which house would you enter? Okay. Now, which house would you enter is not my point. Anyway, uh, I I don't have this sign on my house anymore. Uh, I've been healed and I've installed alarm in my, in my house, all right? <laughs> now, so which house you enter is not my point. My point is this. The sign on your door or gate is a message you communicate to the world around you. Some commentaries write that, as some houses in Israel at the time did not have gates, it could also mean the city gates. The word of God on your door frames And on your gates, as much as it is for your household, it is also for your neighbor and community to see. In other words, it is your testimony to the world. Discipleship begins at home, and it releases our children to point their world to God. Susanna Wesley had 19 children. Nine of them died in infancy. Her husband wasn't very successful in ministry. Her house was burned down twice and her husband actually left home for an entire year. But Susanna Wesley never wavered from her devotion to God and commitment to disciple her children. Although she's got many children, she still made sure she spent one-on-one time with them by creating a roster. Two of her sons grew up to become great revivalists and had a big impact on their world and Christendom. One of them is Charles Wesley, who wrote 6,500 hymns. And the other is John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement. So I want to encourage dads and moms. Today, if you feel that you are having to raise your children in a less that ideal situation. Or you feel that you can't be that spiritual giant for your kids. Life was not easy for Susanna Wesley. And she never preached a sermon or published a book or founded a church. But today she's known as the mother of Methodism. As you commit yourself to God to build faith at home, Dedicate yourself to disciple your children. God will do for you and your children above and beyond what you can ever ask or imagine. If you believe and receive it, say amen. 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 As I land today's message, I want to recap Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 to 9 and point out the FCC discipleship CEMR process to you. Here, Israel. In verse 4, we read, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, and that is the connect part of our discipleship process. To reveal God to our children, I think we all agree it is important for us to receive that revelation for ourselves first. That God is a loving God. That God is for us and not against us. That as we know that God is a God of holiness, we must remember also His goodness. Then from verse 7, we read, Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And that is the equip and the mentoring part of our discipleship process, the E and the M. And then lastly, in verse 9, it says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And that is release. That we, our lives, our family, our children become God's best testimony and His light to point our world back to Him. So as a church, we want to develop a strong discipleship culture and structure That will support parents to build faith at home during a personal prayer time as i was pondering about families you see when i was growing up i was really passionate about the local church and i gave myself uh, to serve the church but in probably the recent last few years or so I began to really ponder about how we should build families and how important family is. And in that quiet moment of prayer, I felt God asked me a question. Yeah, how strong do you think the church will be if families are broken? thinking through all the challenges we see in churches and society today, I pondered on the question for a long time. I was fearful to give any sort of response. And then I felt God asked me a second question. Yeah, how strong do you think the families will be if the church is broken? And I got the point and I'm sure you do as well. Both the church and the families are important to God. They are the two institutions which God has given the mandate of the Great Commission. We cannot expect our government, we cannot expect our political leaders to preach the gospel, right? The mandate is on the church and the families so we must give we must give ourselves unreservedly to build the families and the local church and our prayer is that God will use us to fulfill the Great Commission to see people saved churches revived and nations transformed for his glory we want to pray for mothers this morning but before we do that I want to pray for those of you who may not have God in your life or you feel that you have drifted far away from God. If you feel that God is speaking to you this morning, from where you are seated, including those who are watching online, you feel that God is reaching out to you and you want to come to Him, I want to pray together with you. Can I ask all of us to just close our eyes and bow our heads for a few moments. Nobody's looking around. This is a personal time between you and God. If you feel that God is speaking to you and you want to come to Him, from where you are sitting, right now, can I just encourage you to raise your hands to God just from where you are sitting. I see those hands. Thank you. As you come to God, you will have even more revelation of who God is, what He has done, and what He will continue to do for you. As you raise your hands from where you are sitting right now, you are really responding to God. So let me pray with you. Can I ask you first to repeat this simple uh, simple prayer after me? Church, can I ask you to do the same as well? And let's pray together. God, I thank you that you love me and gave Jesus to die for me on the cross to forgive all my sins and deliver me from the power of sin today I come to you and I make you the Lord of my life reveal yourself more and more to me so that I can know you deeper each day in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you have said that prayer, uh, what I want you to do is at the end of the service, you can go into the Connect Lounge, talk to a volunteer and uh, someone about what uh, you're feeling in your heart, or you can also talk to a Christian friends. I want to encourage you to continue to come to church, to continue to uh, read the Bible, get a Bible, read the Bible regularly. And get to know who God is. So after the service, please do that. You can pop into the Connect Lounge. And right now, I want to pray uh, for the mothers. So what I've done is I've asked Daniel Law and his son David Law to pray for the mothers. So can I just invite Daniel and David to come? Uh, <laughs> Daniel Law is a Connect Group leader for our young families Connect Group and. David Law, I believe he's eight years old. And as they come up, I just also want to take this opportunity to thank Kenny and Josephine as leaders of Family Life Ministry. They have coordinated today's Mother's Day program. So David, you go first. Yeah, take it away. Let's all pray, shall we?
1: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for that That we can be in your house today. We pray for all the wonderful mums that you have created and given to us we hope the mums will have a wonderful day and i hope their kids and husband on will spoil you on your day we hope your children will say you're a which means you're beautiful and will listen to your every command god please bless these m- mothers on their special day jesus most precious name of oh, god children say
0: amen amen,
1: amen. Uh, good morning pastor gave me the tusk sorry i mean the privilege of praying for the mothers today um, basically she told he told me hey can you bring david up and then just say your prayer i thought that's easy right because i'm the only thing that's standing between you and your chicken rice this afternoon After that, he sent me another message. Hey, remember the single mothers and the people who are missing their mothers. It's like, oh, you're going to have to make my task a bit more difficult. So I started thinking about it. And one of the things that I think we often forget is there are a lot of mothers there that don't have the regular mother type mother, uh, mother's day that we have. Remember the single mothers, the mothers who have been torn away from their kids, the kids who have been torn away from their mothers, the mothers who have lost kids the mothers who are doing it tough with their three kids, four kids, the mothers who don't have enough money. And often we forget these people. But I think one of the messages that we hear is that actually, we may forget, but God never forgets. Um, Isaiah 49 goes, um, can a mother forget a child nursing at her breast? Can a mother forget the child that she's born? Even if she can, God will not forget you. And then he goes on to say, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. You know, I have engraved you in the palms of your, of my hands. So I, the question I asked then is why does God need to engrave something on the palm of his hands? I mean, he doesn't forget, right? So why, why write it on his hands? And the only answer I can come up with is he's written it on his hands, not because he will forget, but he's reminding us that he will never forget. Then the second question that, that I asked is, why engrave why not just write and the reason for that is if it's engraved it's permanent it's forever and i think that's the thing that god's trying to say with that verse you know that he remembers each and every mother forever and then the third thing that he writes you know on the palm of my hands why on the palm why not on the back you know when i write a message i write it on the back of my hand. And the difference is this, you know, when you cut the palm of your hand, it really hurts. When you cut the back of your hand, it doesn't hurt so much. And I think the significance is this, you know, God is willing to pay that price so that the moms can remember today that they are forever left. Amen. So with that, shall we pray? Father God, we want to thank you for all the great mothers that we have here today. We want to thank you that you remember each and every moment that they have. We thank you that you remember the nights that they spend crying out to you. The mornings when they wake up early so that their kids can have breakfast. The things that they have sacrificed so that their kids can stand on their shoulders to become who they are. We thank you that in our mothers, we see a glimpse of your love. And God, today we remember the mothers who are doing it tough. We pray that, Lord, they will come to you and find that you're all sufficient for them. We thank you that you are the living waters for the moms who are dry. You are the bread for the moms who are hungry and you are the one who can satisfy us beyond what we can ever imagine. And with this God, I pray you bless the mothers today that they will remember once again, that they are not forgotten, that they will know that you are in control of their lives, their family lives, and you are in charge for all this we pray in Jesus name, Amen.
0: Amen. As we come to the end of the service, can I just ask all of you to stand up together? Let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the eternal love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you always and may you be His light and His salt to point our world to the love of God the Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. May all of God's people say, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. He's worthy of it all. Thank you very much. The service is over. The fellowship has just begun. And have an amazing Mother's Day. God bless you.